everyone, and welcome to Youth Positively Speaking. My name is Paige Ewing, and I work at Prevention Resources as the Multimedia Specialist for Positive Youth. Prevention Resources is a nonprofit located in New Jersey that is dedicated to promoting health and wellness of individuals, families, and community through education, collaboration, advocacy, and treatment. We're excited to have a new partnership between Positive Youth and the Hunterdon County Partnership for Health to bring you this mental health mini-series. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, the Positive Youth Initiative is focused on building countywide capacity to reduce substance misuse among youth 9 to 20 years old in Hunterdon County. And the Hunterdon County Partnership for Health is a community collaboration dedicated to achieving optimal health for all residents. So today we have with us Liza McNamara with Hunterdon Healthcare Partners. Welcome Liza to the podcast and please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, my name is Liza McNamara and I'm a social worker um, and I work at Hunterdon Healthcare Partners and I work with patients who have social determinants of health um, such as homelessness, um, needing home care, food insecurity, housing insecurity, um, mental health, behavioral health. I refer them to different organizations in the um, community. And we are so excited to have you today because so last episode, we were talking a little bit about anxiety in youth and what that looks like and what parents should be looking for. And so today, another issue that's been brought up is school avoidance. And this is becoming a much more common issue that we're seeing with students in our schools. And we wanted to give some parents some more information about the issue, what they should be looking for, what can they do, um, and all that stuff. So if you could kind of start us off, what exactly is school avoidance? for those who don't know? Um, well, like I said, I'm a social worker, but I'm also a mom who has uh, a child who has gone through this. So um, school avoidance is a real disability. It's a real condition, but it's not recognized in the DSM as a mental uh, illness at this time, but it falls under the umbrella of anxiety, PTSD, OCD, um, and Basically, for whatever reason, this the child, and it could be from kindergarten through high school, refuses to go to school. One day they just absolutely that's it. I'm I'm not going. And you know, <clears throat> you can try everything, um, you know, bribery, everything you can think of, but they physically will not get out of bed. And this can look like um stomach ache, I have a stomach ache, um, you know, I don't feel well. Um, that's the most common um, is the having a stomach ache. Um, but it also happens in the school. So a child will go to school, but they don't want to stay there. So they'll have frequent um, trips to the nurse's office um, and, um, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's really hard for parents, right? Because it's like, well, if my kid's saying, oh, mom, I don't want to go to school. I have a stomach right. ache. I remember right. my mom would always be like, well, do you have a test today? And so it's like, how how is it different of a kid just having like that little bit of anxiety because of something right. versus actual school avoidance that is right. a disorder? They'll start having symptoms of anxiety, um, sometimes blown into actual panic attacks. Um, where they, they may throw up, they may um, start to shake, um, obviously crying, inconsolable, but not, 
you know, you know your child's cry. And um, this is more, this isn't, I don't want to go to school. This is a real distress cry. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it happens the night before also. That's huge. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously going to school is a huge part of childhood. And yeah. our kids have been going to school you know, since preschool. So what can cause this? You know, like you said, it can yeah. sometimes happen seemingly overnight. And right. a lot of parents, I think, are kind of blindsided of being yeah. like, but you used to love school. Yeah. So yeah. what are some of the things that can cause this? Um, anxiety. And this could be from bullying. And it's not just bullying from other kids. It could be bullying from a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, OCD. PTSD, learning disabilities. Um, when a child has a learning disability and they feel singled out from their peers um, because it's noticeable, they maybe they're getting extra help. They don't. They just don't want to be in that position, and it, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those things, you know, do they're unavoidable. You know, yeah, you have a yeah. learning disability, yeah. and you do feel singled out. And there's unfortunately yeah. like technically nothing that you can do as a kid because that's just a part of who you are and so that is incredibly difficult and why it's so important to have really strong support systems in schools and at home for kids so as a person who works in schools Mm -hmm. as a teacher you know what are some of the things that people who are acting as these in-school supports should be looking for um well there are a couple things. Um, as a parent with a child with school avoidance, sometimes you have to you have to really be proactive in um, gaining that support from the school. Not to say that the schools aren't aren't supportive, but since COVID, um, schools are recognizing social emotional learning more um, to where um, a five hundred four or an IEP can be done more for social and emotional disorders and not just learning disabilities. Not, it's not just academics. So I would say, you know, when the school recognizes if there's certain things that they can do that would alleviate some of the stress, um, one being letting the child, um, because a lot of times like crowded hallways are a huge trigger. So um, the teacher can let the child go a little bit earlier ahead of all the other kids to get to where they, their locker or whatever, or um, let them come in a little bit later. So that, um, that helps to avoid that rush, um, you know, so especially social anxiety. Um, also, they can allow the child to have frequent breaks, um, go take a walk. Um, go to your counselor, go see the social worker, Um, even things, you know, such as a special um, code between the teacher and the child, you know, tapping on the desk, or some teachers will um, have like a sticky note. Mm -hmm. And if the child puts a sticky note on the corner of the desk, that signals without embarrassing him that he needs a break. And another thing that can be done um, before an IEP, which is completely valid for school avoidance, but um, you can try a 504 
um, which is not a legal document, but it will outline different um, accommodations that may help the child. Um, you know, I know that there, with my son, the school was, the high school was just went above and beyond. Um, um, you know, for him, he had to end up, he went to an IOP. So an IOP and a PHP, uh, partial hospitalization and intensive outpatient program. They're programs where the child will go either for a full day every day or a couple days um, after school or half a day. So during these programs, they have um, group therapy, individual therapy, medication management, um, family therapy, and the, they're usually um, short term, you know, two weeks or so. And within that time, they're transitioned back into school. And sometimes instead of just throwing them right back, you can make a schedule where, okay, you're going to go to school from this time to this time. Mm -hmm. And then, or you're going to go three times a week right now for the first week and the next the next week we're going to increase it you could do that or you can do um you know one day a week you're going to go for two hours and then we're going to slowly increase that until they can stay for the whole day mm -hmm. yeah and I love hearing that there are so many variations of options because yeah. you know every single situation is so unique for every single student yeah. and there are so many reasons like you mentioned of why this might be happening we live yeah. in the post-covid world yeah. which i like every time we have an episode we're like we're not going to yeah. talk about covid yeah. but whether we like it or not it's having a huge impact on our yeah. kids so whether it's that fear of getting sick or bullying or right, right. you know academic issues there's so many different things that yeah. students need because they have so yeah. many different reasons yeah. for if they have school avoidance yeah. for school avoidance. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things um, during the pandemic and during lockdown, kids who had social anxiety were thrilled. They were relieved that they didn't have to go to school, but it was the kids who were more social that were, that um, really um, retreated and isolated. And those unfortunately were the kids who had suicidal ideation and developed depression and anxiety. But, you know, as far as the kids with the school avoidance, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, it was like one less thing they had to worry about it. And some of them thrived um, on um, distance learning, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right where some kids did great and some kids really didn't. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. something, so, you know, at Prevention Resources, we do substance misuse prevention. Yeah. Um, and oh, we yeah. saw a lot of kids with an uptick in substance use um, absolutely. because they were at home. So they could, you know, they started vaping yes. and they could then do it the whole time and they developed a nicotine addiction. Yeah. And now that they're back in school, yeah. they can't vape all the time. And so a lot yeah. of schools have seen an uptick in students vaping vaping in the bathrooms, yeah. um, them doing it in classrooms. I know a lot of yeah. our high schools have now installed vape detection devices in yeah. the bathrooms to yeah. try and slow yeah. down this, yeah. you know, addiction that started yeah. over yeah. COVID as yeah. a coping mechanism. Yeah. And it's also used as self-medication, mm -hmm. you know, for anxiety. Um, you know, you can, uh, 
kind of retreat a little bit and uh, use whatever substance to kind of um, help that anxiety. Yeah, and so we've been seeing those students as well, though, having school avoidance because yeah, yeah. now they can't do the behavior as often yes. as they could. Absolutely. Um, and so that's, you know, another factor that parents have to be aware about. Yeah. Uh, so many things yes. into this issue. Yeah. Um, and as a parent, um, increased isolation is huge. Um, you know, you really need to keep an eye on your child, try and get them in, as engaged as you can in family activities. Um, and if you find that they're really treat, retreating um, and um, isolating, you definitely want to seek the help of a professional, whether a social worker or a psychologist. Um, and they may need, you know, therapy, um, which of course I always recommend. I think it's wonderful for everybody. But, um, you know, they might need um, therapy and typically need medication. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of medications out there that really, really help anxiety and school avoidance. Um, and that as well as different cognitive approaches that, um, you know, the parents can do. And, and another, um, another cause of the school anxiety I forgot is separation anxiety. Just, you know, if you have a child who in the, when they were little, you know, I want to be mommy, I want to be daddy. And they had that trouble separating that can still be present, even mm -hmm. as they get older. Yeah. And I think when we look at school avoidance too, it can look very different for an elementary school child oh, versus a yeah. middle school versus a high school or That's an elementary right. school, you might have more of those full out tantrums you know yeah, in the yeah, morning the yeah. screaming the kicking the crying yeah, yeah, yeah. versus high school it might be a little bit more subtle yeah, than that yeah, obviously yeah. so could you talk about that yeah. of like what that might look like especially for parents who might have right. an elementary versus middle versus high school yeah well like you said um yeah at younger ages it could be a full-blown tantrum um some kids actually throw up and they actually get themselves so worked that they work up that they throw up um Middle school um, could be panic attacks, um, which are terrifying. Um, panic attacks are terrifying, especially for a child. I mean, you feel like you're dying, you know. Um, the body goes through fight or freeze. Um, it's very, it's very scary. Um, so, um, and then high school, again, um, isolation, um, drug use, um, you know, keep an eye on um, text messages, um, social media posts, that kind of thing to look for any indication that there's suicidal ideation or um, substance abuse, substance misuse. Yeah, and I'm so yeah. glad you brought up the social media thing because, oh, gosh, yeah. oh goodness, I mean, we work in the schools at Prevention Resources yeah. and the amount of times that we have had schools come to us now saying, we need to do a program about social media because the things that go on, and mm -hmm. especially for a child, if they're having issues at school, mm -hmm. and now those issues are following them home at the device yeah. that they carry around 24-7, yeah. and they yeah. can't yeah. escape it. Yeah. That absolutely yeah. can lead to so many other issues oh, gosh, rather yeah. than just not wanting to go to school. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
And so obviously, you know, this episode is for parents and to be able to talk to their kids. So if a parent is starting to see these behaviors, how do you recommend that they even bring this up to their kid to be like, hey, I think I'm concerned about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously asking anything going on that you want to talk about. Um, And they may talk about it, they may not. you know, that's try to keep an open line of communication at all times and make sure that the um, parents are conveying that you're not in trouble. Um, with my son, I had people telling me, um, just pick him up and throw him in the car, you know, at, and he was in middle school. It's like, you know, sounds, I've actually, I actually had professionals tell me that pick them up and throw them in the car and bring them. Um, I've had people tell me, well, if you just disciplined him more or if you gave him more chores, you know, this wouldn't be happening. And that was so frustrating. Um, And, um, you know, you have to decide whether emptying the dishwasher is worth possibly triggering your child to have suicidal thoughts, you know, it's not, but to other parents who aren't going through this, they have no idea. Um, So, you know, I think just making sure that you um, are keeping open lines of communication, um, making sure that the child knows that they're not in trouble and that you're there for them. And most of all, that wherever they go, they are safe. They're in a safe environment. Um, Make sure that they know that when they go to school, if they need to speak to somebody, it's okay to leave class. Um, And also, you know, keep that, um, that communication with the school. Something that helped me, and, you know, we were talking about social media. Um, There are a lot of really great support groups for parents and um, for everything. And I found one specifically for teenagers with social anxiety. And it's been amazing because um, every little victory that you would think, you know, like my child took a shower, like mm-hmm. that's huge. And, you know, everybody's like, okay, well, he's supposed to take a shower. Mm-hmm. But when you say that to a parent of a child with anxiety, every, I mean, everybody's like, Flapping and you know because they know how difficult it is you know so you might you know look for support groups that way too and I think that brings up a really great point that we talk to our kids about all the time but I sometimes think we forget to mention to the parents and that's building your systems so for the kids you know we talk about who are your trusted adults they don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be your parent. That's okay. Yes. But have yeah. your coaches, have your teachers, yeah. have your principal, mm-hmm. your school nurse, your counselor, yeah. all these other people, your Girl Scout troop leader, yeah. your Boy Scout troop leader, whoever it is to have this system of care around yeah. you for when something happens. And I think it's so important for yeah. parents too, of, you know, that yeah. whole, it takes a village. Yeah, yeah. Say, okay, I know I have the school counselor in my pocket. Right. I the you know mm-hmm. principal but also I have these moms who are great on this yes for willing to yeah. 
you know, I have my pediatrician who's willing yeah. to offer me support. I, again, going out yeah. to your coaches, your kids' coaches and saying, look, yeah. you know, my son is having a really hard time in school. Like mm-hmm. as a coach, can you just kind of look out for him? Mm-hmm. And having yeah. those systems is so important because yeah. then our child has other places to go to yeah. other than us yeah. if they don't yeah. feel like talking to us. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of parents find, a lot of parents find that you're not going to get as much of support from family members and close friends because they don't understand. And um, they're like, well, what do you mean he doesn't want to go to school? He's got to go to school. And then they'll start that if you'd only done this, if you'd only done that, you need to be tougher, you need to spank them, and they just don't get it. So picking supports, uh, supporting themselves to get it, um, like other parents going through it, um, is definitely better. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that we had this conversation today because I think, like I said, in this post-COVID world, a lot of parents are coming across this issue that they might not have had before. Um, And so I'm so glad that we talked about kind of building those systems of care. What is school avoidance? What parents can do? Definitely reaching out to the schools and professionals. Like you said, therapy, we talk about all the time on this podcast. It's a magical (laughs) thing. It is. Um, but so for parents, is there anything else that you would like to tell them about this issue, what they should be looking for, um, you know, and even just people who serve and support students and young people, yeah. what they should be looking for or know? Um, just try to build self-confidence in your child any way you can, because with anxiety disorders, PTSD, especially learning disabilities, self, um, the self-confidence really, really um, takes a hit. So even if you've, they're, you know, taking up a great, thank you for taking up the garbage. You did a great job on this. Um, I see you're really trying and you're doing a great job on doing this or, you know, you've really improved doing that and that kind of thing. Um, And just be there to listen and don't get angry. Um, If you do, don't do it in front of the child. take to one of these support groups or, or other supports and just be honest because nine times, nine times out of 10, what you're thinking is horrible to think of the parents are thinking it also. Yeah. You're definitely not alone. No, no. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. I, of course, want to also thank the Partnership for Health for their partnership in this episode. And for parents, if you need more information and resources, we always encourage you to visit our website, njprevent.com forward slash positive youth. We throw tons of resources, research ideas, and things like that up there. We want to thank everybody for listening in today. And we'll see you next time for more Youth Positively Speaking. Mm